For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Testimony of Yeshua. This is part four of the series. The fruit of the Spirit, which is doing the Word of God by the Spirit, Paul outlined the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians in chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. So why is the first fruit that Paul lists love? Because the greatest commandment in the Torah is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second greatest commandment in the Torah is to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're following the Torah by the Spirit, you will show that love of God and you'll show that love of others. That's why the fruit of the Spirit is love. And that because you have the Word of God in your heart and you're living by the Word of God, you will have joy. You will have peace. You will also have long-suffering. In other words, you will pursue in obedience and faith in God through trials, tribulations, and persecutions that would come your way. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. And so... The Holy of Holies in the tabernacle in the wilderness is a prophetic picture of the heavenly Holy of Holies. And what's the holiest place in the heavenly tabernacle, the highest level of holiness? It's called the New Jerusalem. And the New Jerusalem is the city of the bride. So the New Jerusalem is a city of truth. We can see this in Zechariah in chapter 8 and verse 3. It says, For thus is the Lord, I've returned unto Zion, I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. What's truth? Yeshua's truth. What's truth? It's the Torah. Psalm 119 verse 142. What's truth? It's keeping the commandments. Psalm 119 verse 151. So Jerusalem is going to be called a city or a people that have the characteristics of having that truth. And Jerusalem is the mountain of the Lord of hosts. And Jerusalem is the holy mountain. So now in John being shown the new heavens and the new earth and the tabernacle of God that's going to be with man in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3, it goes on to say, and Revelation chapter 21, the last part of verse 9 and verse 10, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And so 
What do we have to be shown to see the bride of Messiah? It says in verse 10, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and a high mountain. So Jerusalem is the high mountain. It's the holy mountain of Yeshua. He showed me a great and a high mountain. That's Mount Zion. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And it has the glory of God. And so it's the highest level of the glory of God is the new Jerusalem. And so in order to prophetically show that a characteristic of the bride of Yeshua is she is going to have his Torah written upon her heart. This is why the instruction was given to place the Ten Commandments, the testimony in the Ark of the Holy of Holies of the Tabernacle. So now the next thing we need to see is that the testimony, Adut in Hebrew, the Strong's number 5715, which is the Torah or the Ten Commandments, that it was given to the congregation of Israel or the congregation of Jacob. We see this in Exodus chapter 35 and verse 1. And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel and said unto them. So this word congregation is the Hebrew word edah. And edah comes from the Hebrew word aid, which is the Strong's number 5707, which means witness. And so now we can see the linguistic connection that the edut, which is the Torah or the Ten Commandments, was given to the congregation, the edah. The root of edut is aid. The root of edah is aid. And aid means a witness. So the purpose, why the testimony the Torah or the Ten Commandments was given to the congregation, the Adah, is because they are to be holy and they're to be righteous before the lawgiver. The lawgiver wants his people to be a holy people and wants them to be a righteous people. Psalm chapter 1 verse 5, the ungodly will not stand in the judgment, nor will sinners sit in the congregation of the righteous, the Adah of the righteous. So the congregation, the Adah, which was given the Torah, the Ten Commandments, the Adut, are to be righteous. So now it says in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel. Congregation is Adah. And say to them that the congregation is to be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So Yeshua, who gave the Torah, he's holy. He wants his people to be a holy people as well. And so we can see that he desired for his people to be a holy nation because at Mount Sinai, this was offered to them. If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, this is Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 5 and then verse 6. If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, that means to follow my Torah, you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so the lawgiver wants his people to be a holy people before him. And so now, given that I've already explained that there's levels of holiness in the kingdom of God, you know who has the highest level of holiness in the kingdom of God? It's Yeshua, the one that gave the Torah. And so his holiness is higher than our holiness, even though he is regarded as being holy and he 
regards us as being holy when we obey his Torah by his spirit. Now, in order to see this differentiation, you would need to look at the Hebrew of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2 where it says, you be holy, it's the Hebrew word kadosh, and in the spelling, in the Hebrew of holy, we see that there is a missing vav, the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet in the spelling of holy, where it says that we are to be holy. And six is the number of man. And so then where the verse goes on to say regarding the God of Israel, that he is holy, we have the fullness of the spelling of the word kadosh. So in us being holy, it's kadosh without the Hebrew letter vav, the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, but the God of Israel, Yeshua, being holy, his holiness is spelled with a Hebrew letter Vav. So we can be regarded as holy before his eyes, but yet our level of holiness is lower than his level of holiness, but yet he sees us as a holy people. Next we're going to see that the Torah is the witness of the lawgiver. The Torah, which is the adut, is to be an aid, a witness of the lawgiver and who he is and of his righteousness and his holiness. And we're to be a witness of his Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 26, it says, Take the book of the Torah and put it in the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be a witness against you. So the Torah or the Ten Commandments is a witness. And so we're to witness of it. The congregation of Jacob, the Adah, is to be a witness of the testimony, the Torah, the Ten Commandments. But if we don't give testimony of it, it will be a witness against us. So once again, this word witness is the Hebrew word aid, the Strong's number 5707. So now we can see this linguistic connection and the association of the one that gave the Torah, that is Yeshua, the Torah and the Ten Commandments itself, which is called the Adut, that was given to the congregation of Jacob, the Adah, and they were to be a witness, aid of him. We can see how the congregation of Jacob is to be a witness of Yeshua's Torah, the testimony, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now, thus is the Lord that created you, O Jacob. So it's speaking about Jacob, and of Jacob it says in Isaiah 43, verse 10, you are my witnesses. So Jacob, who as a people, the congregation, the Adah, is to be a witness, an aid of the Torah, of the lawgiver. So now this is what we've been trying to summarize for you. And the linguistic connection we're trying to show you and sharing with you this teaching on the testimony of Yeshua. The lawgiver, who is Yeshua, gave the testimony, which is the Torah and the Ten Commandments, which is called a dut, the Strong's number 5715, to the congregation of Jacob. Congregation is a da, the Strong's number 5712, which comes from the Strong's number 5707, which is aid, that the lawgiver gave the adut, the testimony to the congregation, the adah, so that they could be a witness, aid of him. And so what is it that a witness does? A witness aid testifies of a matter or a thing. And we normally associate a witness testifying and a court case or a court scene. So linguistically in Hebrew, 
The word for witness, A, is associated with the Hebrew word to testify, which is Ud. And so Ud is the Strong's number 5749. And so this is the root from which Aid, witness, and Ada, which is the congregation, and Adut, the testimony, are all associated and linked with. So now the lawgiver is going to testify to the congregation of Jacob, the Adah. Amos chapter 3, verse 13. Hear ye and testify, Ud, in the house of Jacob. So we see that the lawgiver is going to testify to the house of Jacob, to his people. Once again, this word testify is the Strong's number 5749. It's the Hebrew word Ud. So what is it that the lawgiver is going to testify that the house of Jacob is to do? They're to follow his Torah, to follow the Ten Commandments, his Adut. And so that's his testimony. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 46. He said, set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of the Torah. He's testifying that you follow the Torah. Now we have Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 7. For I earnestly, the King James says, protested, but it's the Hebrew word ud, which means to testify. I earnestly testified unto your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, saying, he testified that they would do what? Follow his testimony, the adut, that they would obey his voice. So obeying his voice is following his Torah, and his Torah is his testimony. Daniel chapter 9, verse 11. All Israel has transgressed your Torah, even by departing, they may not obey your voice. So obeying his voice is following his Torah, and he testified to them that they should follow his Torah. Now, the Torah requires two witnesses to establish a matter. We see this in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 6. At the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses shall he that is worthy of death be put to death. But at the mouth of one witness, he shall not be put to death. And then we see this principle in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sins. But at the mouth of two Two witnesses, two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. So what is going to be the two primary witnesses of the lawgiver, the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, that he's going to testify through these two witnesses? The two witnesses are heaven and earth. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 16, it says, And that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you might live and multiply, and that the Lord your God will bless you in the land where you go to possess. Now the King James says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record. But in Hebrew it says, I ood heaven and earth to ood. I testify heaven and earth to testify. So we have the Hebrew word testify, and in between the two words testify, we have heaven and earth. So heaven and earth is going to testify against his people, and it's going to testify to the world of the testimony of the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, which is Yeshua. So now Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 28. Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears. And the King James says, Call heaven and earth to record against them. But in Hebrew, Ood, heaven and earth to Ood. 
to testify, heaven and earth to testify against them. So we see and we're told in Colossians in chapter 1 in verses 15 and 16. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So this is Yeshua. And about Yeshua it says, For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him, all things were created by Yeshua, and for Yeshua. So why did this world need to be created for Yeshua? Because Yeshua's Torah, which is eternal, it was just given to a congregation of people who are called a nation at Mount Sinai. But Yeshua's Torah didn't first exist and come into existence at Mount Sinai. His word or his Torah is eternal and so it has always been. And so what does his Torah require as a testimony? Heaven and earth. And so from eternity, heaven has testified of Yeshua's Torah, but Yeshua creates the earth so that we can have the second witness of his Torah, the earth itself, and through man was going to be established that second witness. This is why the heavens and the earth were created. And so you and I are a part of the reason why this world was made for Yeshua. It was made for him and for his Torah, and he desired to have a bride ultimately when this process is completed. So given that the God of Israel requires two witnesses to testify of his Torah, then what is the role of the prophets? The prophets, in essence, are Yeshua's lawyers, and they're going to be Yeshua's agent to testify to the congregation of Jacob, the Adah, of what the Torah of the lawgiver says, the testimony, the Adut, and they are going to be his lawyers to testify to them and against them when the congregation of Jacob departs from Yeshua's Torah and thus departs from being a witness of him. So we can see the role of the prophets being the lawyers of the lawgiver who's going to testify on behalf of the lawgiver. Second Kings chapter 17 verse 13. The Lord testified Ud against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets saying, Turn from your wicked ways and return to my Torah. However, we're told that the nation of Israel would not obey the Torah of the lawgiver, that when the prophets, the lawyers, gave testimony to the congregation, the Adah, to follow the testimony, the Adut, that the Adah, the congregation, rejected following the testimony, 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 15, they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he testified against them. We're also told this in Nehemiah in chapter 9, verse 34, neither have our kings, our princes, our priests, nor our fathers kept the Torah, nor hearkened unto the commandments to your testimonies, your adutes, which you did testify ood against them. So, Next, as a result, 
of his people, the congregation of Jacob, the Adah, rejecting the Adut, the testimony, the Torah, and the Ten Commandments of the lawgiver. And even though he brought lawyers to testify against them, when they rejected his Torah and his Ten Commandments, then the lawgiver brought a lawsuit against his people for rejecting his testimony, the Torah and the, the Ten Commandments, and failing to be his witness aid in the world. Hosea chapter 4 verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy, is what the King James says. But this is the Strong's number 7379. It's the Hebrew word riv. And from this Hebrew word riv, we get the English word rift. What is a rift? It's not just a casual disagreement. It's a heated dispute. And what is the highest form of a heated dispute? When you can't agree, you go to court. And so riv means a strife, a quarrel, a heated dispute, a controversy, a case at law or a lawsuit. And then it says in Hosea 12 two, the Lord has a riv with Judah as well. So what is the testimony of Yeshua? He gave the Torah at Mount Sinai and his Torah or his Ten Commandments, which is the summary of the Torah, is called his testimony, a duke. And that testimony he gave to a people, the nation of Israel, the congregation of Jacob. The congregation is called Adah. And so the Adut, the Torah and the Ten Commandments, was given to the Adah, the congregation of Jacob. And their function was there to be a witness, aid in Hebrew, the Strong's number 5707. So linguistically, these things are related. The testimony is related to the congregation, which was related to the function they have to do which is to be a witness. But when they failed, that is, the congregation failed to be a witness of the Torah of the lawgiver, he sent prophets or his lawyers to testify against them. And so Yeshua has heaven and earth to testify against his people and to be a testimony and to testify against the world as well. And so ultimately, when they don't follow his Torah, even when he sends his prophets to plead with them to follow his Torah, he ultimately is going to bring a covenant lawsuit because it's the desire of the lawgiver that his people repent and return to his Torah. And if they're willing to repent, he's willing to forgive in order to show that the lawgiver is willing to forgive this is why the lawgiver himself, Yeshua, died on the tree and shed his blood to provide that forgiveness of sins to the congregation of Jacob, who he was in covenant with, as well as to anyone in the entire world who wants to be forgiven of their sins. That's why we're told in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That Yeshua offers salvation not only to his people, but to the entire world as well. But since we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as we're told in the book of Romans chapter 3, that we need to repent of our sins and then receive Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins. If we're willing to repent, he's willing to forgive. Stay with us. We have much more. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the testimony of Yeshua. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S T R A S B U R G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.